0: Hi, I am Tengen, and this is the Parents in Tech podcast. Welcome to Season 2, where we interview dads who are technology company leaders based in Southeast Asia. After hearing from moms in Season 1, now it's time to speak to dads who are raising kids while striving in their careers. Let's find out the stories, challenges, and advice they have for us. In this episode, we speak to Sami, Senior Sales Manager and Head of Online Sales Organization, Southeast Asia at LinkedIn. Sami and his wife moved to Singapore a decade ago with the intent for staying for two years, but fell in love with the Sunny Island and stayed on. He is on a mission to make the days of others better by helping them understand their inner strength. Earlier this year, he became an Associate Certified Coach by the ICF. Sami is the father of three children, all age five and under. Hey Sammy, welcome to the Parents in Tech podcast.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: So to begin with, could you tell us a bit more about your family?
1: Sure, I have three children and my wife and uh, my three children are five and under. So my oldest daughter is called Mia. She is five years old. Her birthday is in November. My son is in the middle. He's called Seb. He's three and a half years old and my newest addition is Yasmin who is now nine months old. So girl, boy, girl. And my wife and I, both from England, have been in Singapore for about well, nine and a half years now. We left the country 10 years ago.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So I had to ask, how did you meet your wife? And what was the journey like? Where were you before that? And what brought you to Singapore?
1: Sure. So I met my wife at work. We used to work at a company called buyat a small affiliate network, which eventually got acquired by AOL Advertising. Um, I've been in the company for about, I think I was there for like three and a half years in total. I've been there for two years and my wife joined. We always got on, but we didn't go out until right at the end of my career there. And then I moved over to a company called O2 mm-hmm. Telefonica. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I met Kat. We've both been in digital advertising since our career started, basically, since after university. We were in London together for maybe four or five years in total. Mm-hmm. And I'd done a bit of traveling Catherine had never done any traveling. She was really keen to. And I was ready for a career change. I was, ready to, well, I was quite happy to leave her and find a new job, basically. I got to that stage where okay, either, either we go and do something new outside of England, or I find a new job in London, and who knows how long we'll be stuck to England and the UK. Yep. So the plan was to travel Asia. We did India, China, went to Nepal, did lots of Southeast Asia. We did that for four or five months. And the intention was always to come to Singapore to try and find work hmm. and if we didn't find work we we're going to go to Sydney to try and find work and if that didn't work we were going to go home and sleep on our parents sofas until we found something out but thankfully we came to Singapore and within a month we both managed to get some sort of work it wasn't necessarily our dream jobs but it was enough to get our employment passes and made sure that we could stay initially we were going to stay for two years like I said that's turned into a lot longer now so we'll be 10 years in Singapore from June coming up so It's been a great time. Um, I think you asked why Singapore. Well, I mean, we did a little bit of research, not a ton of research, but a little bit of research, which indicated that Singapore was quickly growing into the regional hub for digital marketing activity. Mm. Um, So given the experience that we had from work in London, we felt it would be a good place for us to go to try and find work. And you know, the location, obviously, personally allows you to do a lot of traveling, well, pre-COVID anyway. So you like the idea of, being able to put our backpacks on and mm. go to Thailand or go to anywhere in Southeast Asia for a long weekend or whatever. So that concept was something that appealed to us.
0: Nice. So both the work and the life elements seemed to work out and that's why Singapore became from two years to nine and a half going to ten years. So Absolutely. when did children come into the picture or the discussion of having children come into the
1: picture? Yeah, great question. So I think I'd proposed to my wife before we left the travel mm. And when we got married in 2013, so a couple of years after we got married. And I, I can't remember exactly when the first conversation was. I can remember that we both agreed with the idea of having three children. Mm. Um, my wife has two sisters. Right. Um, I have an older brother. Uh, but between me and my brother is about an eight-year gap. And we're not as connected as they like us to be. Mm. And I always felt that it'd be nice if we had a sibling in between us. Yep, It would help bridge that gap. So I always, always thought, well, okay, three feels like a good number to have. So I know that we always had that intention in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can't remember exactly when the conversation first happened. Probably when we were traveling around somewhere, I'd imagine, because we talked about lots of things just to keep us busy. So I'm sure it came into conversation then, yeah.
0: Wow, okay, got it. And now, Sammy, now you have three kids, or under five. What is life like? Do you even get any sleep? Do you and your wife get
1: any sleep? It's hectic. My wife does the heavy lifting, especially with the baby. But we were lucky enough to go back to England for the first time in three years, basically, over Christmas. And when we got back in January, we moved Yasmin, the youngest one, to her own room now. So the baby's no longer with us. And touch wood, right now, she's kind of sleeping through the night. So sleep over the past month has been better than it has been for a couple of years, to be honest, not complaining at all. But no, I mean, life has changed significantly to what it was Hmm. uh, six years ago, for sure. Impacting personally, but also professionally in terms of work and the way that you work and, and trying to manage what ultimately is a harder job than work, to be honest, but actually trying to manage the three kids and raise them in a way that you want to raise them. Yeah, it's challenging, but rewarding at the same time.
0: A hundred percent. But I'm curious for you, Sammy, with your intention to have three kids, and I guess this plan of having them to be closer space so that they can connect and better with each other, were there any concerns over potential impact to your career? And I think it's a meta function of your time, your energy, just because you might have to spend more time at home. Tell me about the thinking around that.
1: Good question. Although I've never felt it too much from my career. Mm. I think my wife's in a different position. I know that she's definitely had a tougher time. She's also worked at a big tech company and she's been there for a long time at LinkedIn, so nine years. Um, But every time she's gone back to work, I know it's been quite a struggle for her to get back in after maternity leave. Mm. Um, I haven't really felt that so much with LinkedIn. There's a couple of things. The first paternity leave I did it was just two weeks. Right. Uh, I really like working for LinkedIn. I've always had a great time there. I've never had Sunday dreads or anything like that. I've always enjoyed coming to the office when it's open all the rest of it. Um, I remember that week was like the first time I went to the office. I was just, I don't want to be here. Wow. I want to be back with my wife and my daughter. And two weeks just wasn't enough.
0: Yeah.
1: I remember that. Most recently, we've now got six weeks paternity leave, which is incredible. But I definitely came back this time and I felt I just didn't know where to start. I came back at the end of the quarter so everything was in motion and it's a sales team that i runs end of the quarter is usually everyone running around trying to do everything and i've been out four or five weeks it was about that and just being a little bit lost really and just mm. waiting for the next quarter to start so i could feel like i was adding value again so i found that quite difficult um my wife had it a little bit tough for sure i think like the first thing although we planned three kids mm. although we talked about three kids the first two weren't particularly planned. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so yeah. if my kids ever listened to this, we love you all equally. <laughs> it was a blessing from disguise, but we didn't particularly plan them. So I think my wife being in her position, she was doing well professionally and going up the ladder and all the rest of it. And it was just a bit of a shock to the system to start to have to plan mm. for this and then taking a gap out. Yeah. And over that time, I know she's seen people climb the ladder faster and wondered what she could have done differently. So I know... Definitely emotionally for her, it's been a harder toll than it has been for me.
0: Yeah. So I want to dial back a bit about this. Then there's so much to unpack, which is awesome. You said your first paternity leave, you took two weeks. And after that, you went back. You didn't want to be there. How did you deal with those emotions? Because that's very real. The idea that you just became a parent. You want to be there for your wife, for your daughter.
1: I think I'm quite a different person to I was back then. But I'm pretty sure I would have just swallowed it all up and tried to get on with it at the time. I'm pretty sure that's how I would have dealt with it. It's just hmm. not really share or show any of those feelings and just try and work and then just try and get home and help my wife and then go back to work and just try and do both jobs. I see things a little bit differently these days. And I th- I couldn't talk for all companies. But I'm pretty lucky around on LinkedIn. And now I know my priorities pretty well. And COVID has helped me align those priorities. And I always say it's family fitness work. That's how I kind of prioritize things. And I don't think I work with anyone who would judge me or be disappointed with me if I had to move a call or a meeting because of a family commitment of some sort. And I prioritize my calendar so that, for example, most days at like 3.30, my two kids get back from preschool. I try my hardest to free that up to do stuff with them. Mm. And again, working from home now, is very different to five years ago when we were working in the office. It's a little bit easier. But I think back then, I would have been worried about what everyone thought. Where was I? Why was I working? Before I had kids, I was early in the office and I was late to leave and I thought that was important. Yep. Since I've had kids, I'm late into the office and if I could leave early to go see them, I would do for sure and then I would work later on. It's not like I don't do the same amount of work, it's just at a different time. I'm not so fussed about people's perceptions of me hmm. as I was back then. I know that I'm working hard. I'm confident that I'm trying my best. That's me that inside that knows that. So if people don't agree it, then so be it it's okay i'll get on with it so i don't know if that answer your question that does
0: that does and i like that newfound confidence so for perhaps younger newer parents people like myself who first time still have a young child what kind of advice or what helped you to build that confidence up because i think that's so valuable to be able to own it and be clear family fitness work that's where your priorities lie
1: I'm very lucky to have had great leaders above me, Mm. to be honest, who also a similar age group and go through a similar life phase. So like a couple of my recent bosses at LinkedIn, not even that recent, five years ago, my boss now, similar like young kids, like kind of get it, which I think just allowed me to be really honest Mm. and transparent about and try and work with them about how we can make this work. And I guess the advice would be, to be transparent and to communicate. Hmm. What are the challenges you're facing with it? What do you need to put in place so that when you go back to work, it's going to work for all parties? So if you're leading a team, you've got to think about your team as much as your boss. Yep. If you're an individual, then fine. You may want to think more directly about your boss or whatever. Um, I'd also encourage leaders to be conscious of people returning back to work or it'd be paternity to leave or mat leave. Again, I think some companies probably do this better than others, but just being honest with that employee like what are they ready to take on when they come back mm. because i think it will be different for different people my wife i know when she went back this time after a third kid she was just dying to get her hands dirty and start working especially because of covid she hasn't been able to go out and meet people whenever maternity leave she's just dying to meet people and do some work but it's gone a little bit too slow for her yeah. but it's a very individual experience and i think catering to every individual as they return back to work is really important and something that leaders should be thinking about as well So it's not just all on the employee who's gone away.
0: Absolutely. And I've been thinking recently about how that could even be part of managerial training. Because I think being able to understand and empathize, I mean, we can't expect non-parents to empathize, but I think it's important that they do so if that's the case. So very fascinating.
1: Well, I mean, one thing actually, so I mean, I'm not involved in launch of this, but there is a group at LinkedIn called Expecting. And that is a group with the idea of any returning mother or any returning father They can get partnered up with a mentor, someone who's been through it, just add extra coaching support. Um, I think LinkedIn's pretty good at stuff like this. I would imagine better than most companies. Those sort of things, I think, can really make a difference. And it's a little thing, really, in the bigger picture, half an hour, an hour a week of someone's time, someone who's willing to give their time to help someone returning from work. The team at LinkedIn who's running that done a great job to drive that to a relatively new initiative, but I think it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, it is fantastic because it's really about walking the talk, putting actions where the mouth is. So, Sammy, when you first became a dad, what was something that was more challenging than you expected?
1: <laughs> I live by time management. Everything just kind of goes out of whack <laughs> when you have a child. If you're very good at having a tight calendar and you're not late to meetings, you know what you're doing on a Saturday afternoon, you know what you're doing during the week, yep. You can throw that all away, <laughs> usually, when you have a kid. And that's tough if you like that kind of control, which I do. And it's something that I'm still battling with, to be perfectly honest. Mm. But even just a simple thing like a Saturday without children, you know, the ability to kind of get up and go do whatever you want, whenever you want, with children. Suddenly, if you want to go meet someone at 10 a.m., that can turn into 10.30, 11 a.m. before you know it. And if you can't accept that, it can be quite challenging. It can be quite frustrating inside as well. So I think that lack of control is probably the one of the biggest challenges that I'm still going through. <laughs> it's not like I've learned completely how to deal with it, but I've got better.
0: <laughs> Got it. I can identify with that. Right? I feel efficiency in inverted commas drops a lot when you have kids. Because oh, yeah. when you're adults, you just chop, chop, you pack everything and you can be out of the house in five minutes. Exactly. But for children, you need to pack all their bags, pack the milk, pack everything.
1: Yeah, very challenging. Yeah. Very challenging. I know for a lot of people, the number one thing is sleep. Yes. That definitely is challenging as well. And I've never been a great sleeper, but I think mm-hmm. it's consistency. So the fact that you could wake up every two hours yep. is just trading. it's just exhausting. So yeah, I think sleep would be the one that I'd probably add on. I now really value the importance of sleep, which I think six years ago, I just thought was fine not to have that much sleep and just get on with stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm curious, Sammy, do you wake up in the middle of the night together with your wife to do the feeding and the caring, especially your youngest one comes crying?
1: I definitely did for Mia for the first one. For the first one, we didn't know what we were doing. I did it. I did a lot of them. I won't say all of them because I can't quite remember, but I definitely did a lot of them. And then I remember... When we had our second one, I remember my wife and I chatting about it and her sort of saying, there's probably no need for you to do that anymore. You go to work, it's all right. I think that was good. I think first time, it's like, you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) Even being there, it's not like it added any value other than just sort of supporting her, which is the idea. Yep. So second and third, not so much, but for the first one, yeah.
0: Got it. And what was perhaps one or two things looking back at this past five years that What's most helpful in terms of supporting your wife? What do you think she appreciates the most?
1: Great question. I mean, I think like just trying to, just actually being there. I think it's just little things, being there and being present. Hmm. And I'll reflect mainly over the most recent maternity leave she's had because it's fresh in my mind, especially because of COVID. COVID time has been really challenging in Singapore. Yep. She can't take Yasmin out and meet another mum with a baby and sit together at a restaurant and like that was very different to our other kids because she could go out and there'd be mother groups and there'd be all of them doing stuff. Her day was just her and Yasmin hmm. for six months. And no matter how much we love Yasmin, she doesn't talk back. It's very hard to get that kind of adult stimulation that I guess you need. Yeah, It's also very easy for me to get caught up in work and not give her the time, which would be fair, I think. So I try to do that a lot. But I think those little things, whether it just be going for a walk for her once the kids are asleep or... Or making time to go to lunch for her, those little things, having dinner together and putting our phones down, and actually having conversations, all, all that kind of stuff. Just the little gestures are probably the ones that have the biggest impact. Mm. Although I do like sending flowers from time to time, I still think it's the little things that probably have the bigger impact overall.
0: Yeah, agreed. It's the small things that almost seem boring and simple nothing to shout about but at the end of the day i think those things that really matter as small as putting phone away during a view time which is something i myself am
1: working it's hard it's hard i'm the same it's hard to remember and it's hard to i say if i've had a really busy day at work you just forget and you have to try and make that time and i'm not saying i'm perfect by any means but i think it's just trying to make that time to be there for it, you know?
0: agreed agreed okay so sammy you say family fitness work we kind of talked about work we kind of talked about family let's talk about fitness tell us a bit more about what your fitness regime looks like
1: it changes regularly okay the biggest fitness thing i've done this year which i'm trying is to stop drinking mm-hmm. not that i had a drinking problem or anything but i probably drank too much and i've realized it doesn't really add much value in my anything like i wake up not feeling great it doesn't really add any value so i haven't put a timeline on it but i haven't had any booze this year and i'm oh, wow. gonna see how that goes on we'll just see we'll see what happens there
0: okay so six seven weeks not a drop yet
1: not a drop yet we'll see wow. what happens. okay i'm trying not to put the pressure on myself <laughs> having a specific day because i think it adds for sure it makes it worse when you're counting down so we'll see what happens and so that's quite a change for me. Most of my social events and friends and stuff would always involve drinking. So cut that out. We'll see what happens. I've been pretty good at exercise over the past few years. It started with a really bad COVID year where I gained too much weight and didn't exercise enough. And then mm. something just clicked in my head and I went completely the other way. So I'm a regular runner. I go to the gym quite a bit. I'm trying to say that I do a minimum of 30 minutes a day wow. of something. It doesn't happen every day. Yeah. So I try and fit that into my daily routine now. Um, so that could be like a slow run. It could be just going to lift some weights, something like that. But that's kind of my routine. Um, I need something repetitive and routine for me to do it consistently. So if I say that to myself, then I'll come close to doing it, I think. And so far it's been working all right.
0: And do you follow any program? Do you have a trader or is it just more like, oh, what do I feel like doing today?
1: I have used personal training before. I find that pretty useful. I've got one right now, lady called Wani, who's awesome. I do once a week with her right now, focusing mainly around mobility. I have had various trainers over the time. I think that helps. Again, it's almost like accountability. Like if you have a trainer coming up once a week, you're likely to work in between because you want to see improvement and <laughs> <Like> over <laughs> again. And it helps with encouragement to make you try and making track on track. Got it. I feel like when I'm fit and healthy and eating well, I feel like I'm, Overall, better, better father, better boss, better person in general. So, so I, I try and stick to that now. But again, well, I'm sure I'll have my lows at some point.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So Sammy, what is perhaps one traditional parenting stereotype that perhaps you have experienced and you reject, or you've seen, maybe if you have not experienced?
1: The thing that comes to mind, I guess I'll go for the dads on this. I think, you know, there's, as a father, I feel I'm relatively hands-on. Since the first thought, I've wanted to be involved. Like I said, I was there for the feeding, all that sort of stuff, and I want to be there for them. I think the stereotype of the dad going to work all day and the mum staying looking after the kids still sort of exists. Yep. I think it works both ways, clearly. As a dad, for example, if you're looking after your baby and grandma makes a comment or says something like, oh, you don't know how to do that because you haven't been raising the key because you're not there like the mother. That sort of stuff still exists. I try not to get too defensive about it, but I am was like, well, actually, I'm pretty hands-on. I really rate the speed and efficiency I can change a diaper at. I really rate myself at like that. In any situation, put me there, I could do it. I think that, for me, sort of still exists, and I always notice it. And I think I'm definitely not my own. I think a lot of fathers are now way more involved than my dad would have been and things yep. like that. And they truly want to be part of their kids as they grow up. So... As a dad, I think that's one that definitely exists. That's what comes to mind.
0: Got it. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I think there is indeed a generational shift. There are more parents these days that want to be there and more dads that want to take active workload and that's to be encouraged. So to wrap up our conversation today, Sammy, if there's one lesson you have learned as a parent in tech, what would that be?
1: I would go for the importance of communication hmm. is what I go for. And I'd say that both professionally and personally important to speak to your wife and your family about how you're feeling and what's going on rather than just bottle it up and ignore a problem so if there's something going on with your kid and your routine's not quite right but actually speaking to your wife properly about it and trying to get an agreement rather than just shrugging your shoulders and getting on with it Uh, similarly work like i said earlier letting people know if it's family related and your schedule's got to change and things like that communicating with your team and with your boss What those challenges are will make the experience a lot better and it'll make sure that people can't make assumptions about where you are and what you're doing. So keep practicing better communication would be the tip.
0: Fully agreed. Open, transparent communication. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this show, Sammy. It's been a pleasure. If our audience would like to connect with you, how can they best do so?
1: I mean, you've got to find me on LinkedIn, surely. Absolutely. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Sammy Elazab, E-L-A-Z-A-B. Um, feel free to reach out and send me a note and I'll always take a conversation.
0: Sure, sounds good. Well, once again, thank you for joining us on the show. It was great chatting with you.
1: Appreciate it again. Thank you for your time. Thanks
0: for listening to the Parents in Tech podcast with me, your host, Tsingan. We hope you were inspired on how to raise kids and build companies. To catch up on earlier episodes or stay updated with upcoming ones, head over to www.parents.fm to join our community of parents in tech. There, you can also drop me a question, idea, feedback or suggestion. Once again, the website is www.parents.fm. That's all for this episode, folks. See you next time.